The Iowa Hawkeye women have found the Sweet 16 once again. Congratulations to Lisa Bluter and company. A big-time win over the Georgia Bulldogs in Carver and certainly not a routine victory. This was a, a gritty, gritty game against a tough defensive-minded Bulldog jump. Uh, jump. Bulldog bunch. And uh, Iowa's got to play better to advance past the Sweet 16. I'm convinced of that, but uh, we can certainly celebrate the uh, win today, rightfully so, because the Hawkeyes uh, earned this one, and they were in a position there in the third and fourth quarters where, yeah, perhaps you start to flash back to a year ago and the loss to a 10 seed in, in this very round against the Great Blue Jays, and that could have easily started to play on the minds of Caitlin Clark, Gabby Marshall, and that entire veteran uh, roster, and they did not allow that to become uh, a barrier. Iowa, a strong finish to this game. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, what an interesting team. I mean, they, they've they got a lot of really good athletes, very sound defensively. They make so many mistakes on offense. Heck, Iowa turned the ball over more than they ever should in a tournament setting, especially at home. That's got to get cleaned up. Gabby Marshall was really good, made a bunch of threes today. Um, I thought Iowa's zone was p- poor, to say the least, at times. But again, you know, you give up 66, usually that's going to be enough, especially when you're Iowa. Uh, and uh, Iowa, was, this was just kind of a back-and-forth affair. And at one point, Georgia took the lead in that second half, and the Hawkeyes rattled off seven straight and never really looked back. Uh, this game was not over until the final minute. You had some uh, some tempers flare, at least some uh, animosity or uh, maybe some uh, strife. What's the right word I'm looking for? Some tension there at the end between the Hawkeyes and the Bulldogs, and you just kind of wanted with 3.8 seconds, you wanted both of these teams to get off the court. You wanted Caitlin Clark to take the high road, and I think she pretty much did. There were a couple hard fouls, one on Clark, one on Gabby Marshall. The one on Clark, I think, was maybe a little bit exaggerated by Caitlin, to be quite frank, when you watch it back. It was clearly a push. It was the right call to, to call that a flag grinner, as they say in the women's game, an intentional foul. But the one on Gabby Marshall, I thought that that, that could have easily been a flagrant, too. and excuse my ignorance about uh, how that's labeled in the women's game. I guess it's not considered a flagrant. It's considered a t- an intentional foul, but there's got to be an intentional two foul, right? And like, I don't, I don't know the difference between uh, a flagrant two in the men's game and whatever the, the equivalent is in the women's game. I thought it could have been considered a flagrant two. Not that it really mattered with 3.8 seconds, but uh, thankfully Caitlin and uh, her team managed to keep uh, their tempers down and, and in check because uh, you certainly wouldn't want any last second throwing of arms or any controversy that could endanger your status for the Sweet 16 in about a week or a little less than a week. So congratulations to Lisa Bluter and company. Big accomplishment today. We know how hard it is to get to this round, to get to the Sweet 16. The Iowa men have proven that since 1999. It's a difficult thing to do, and the women absolutely earned it. No, again, didn't play their best but uh, won the game, right? You, you survive in advance. This is the epitome of survive in advance once you get to March, and uh, the Hawkeye women are doing just that, and they've won how many straight games? Uh, five straight games in tournament play now, dating back to the beginning of the Big Ten tournament. So, again, congratulations to the women. We're here talking about it, taking your phone calls, taking your chats and questions, comments, etc. If you are new to the show, please hit that little like button at the bottom of your feed. Please subscribe to our channel here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Even though we're heading into the offseason with football and men's basketball, we'll still have coverage for you on a variety of topics. 
So be sure to hit that little bell for notifications. And we've got call-in shows every single month, folks. So again, that includes the off-season. Stick it right here. Keep it right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Our dear friends over at Iowa Smokehouse are sponsoring our show today. And we want to give them a quick shout-out before we get to our first caller, one of our regulars here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Again, thank you to Iowa Smokehouse and their terrific snacks. If you want a better-tasting, better-quality snack, and who doesn't like meat, visit iowasmokehouse.com. Tasting is believing with this Iowa company. Use that code Hawkeye for 15% off your order. Enter that code at iowasmokehouse.com, and if you purchase $50 or more on that order, you'll get free shipping. That's That deal is good through the end of this tournament. So uh, be sure to get in on it now. Visit iowasmokehouse.com. We appreciate them sponsoring the content here at From the Hawkeye of the Storm. All right, let's get to our first caller of the day. Ryan, appreciate you calling into our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line, sir. Hey, Corey. Um, hats off to the ladies. Uh, uh, just, it, it's really good to see even when we're not firing at all cylinders that we can still take on a very, very good defensive team, hold it together, not get blown out, not let it get away from us. Um, you know, Caitlin, even when she's not having a real good shooting day, she still found ways to, to win the game for you. Something like all but two points in the whole second half were, she was responsible for just that's just unheard of and so i just my one concern is the rebounding we i think it was 43 to 29 we were out rebounded um i thought we were slow to the ball when when it was contested uh that's definitely a concern but um again this is a very very well-coached gutty team i thought georgia played fantastic Diamond Battle is amazing. She's really a good player. And she she played a very clean game in all aspects, uh, both sportsmanship-wise and on, on her floor game. Um, I don't know how Isaacs doesn't get thrown out. She essentially did a jab right into Gabby's face, punched her, basically. Um, and I thought on the Caitlin one, uh, they the gal had Caitlin's wrist and wasn't letting go. And that's, you know, and did kind of shove her a little bit too. So a little I, bit of acting though. I mean, can we agree? It was a little bit of acting from Caitlin. Uh, no, no, okay. right. no, no. I think they both were the right calls. They both were. The I right, agree. But, I actually, agree. I take it back. The first one was the wrong call. Even though there is 3.8 seconds to go, um, Isaac should have been, you know, she should have been the first one to the shower. I could see that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I, I just, you know, like I say, I, I got nothing against, uh, it was the right call. Uh, I have no issue with Caitlin Clark selling it. I just think she sold it, but it was absolutely the right call. And like I said, there was some jawing before that last inbounds pass too. And I almost just wanted like part of me, and I maybe that's dumb, but they were up what six? Were they up eight at that point? Or uh, I guess they were up six. They were up six. six at that point. So you're up six at that point. I part of me wants Lisa Bluter to get Clark out of the game because you just don't want anything with her uh, chippiness, <laughs> her her mindset. You don't want anything to 
happen there in three seconds. And you almost feel just get her out of the game. Put Molly. I know Molly Davis was banged up a little bit, but get somebody in there that can catch the ball, make a couple free throws, and head to the locker room. But it doesn't matter. They 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 were managed. They managed to keep their cool. But uh, that last situation was a little unnerving for me. Well, yeah, no, it seems like, like boy, I'll tell you what, the women are way more vicious than the men are when, when it comes to <laughs> some of the cheap shots. But like, uh, there was the one in the Ohio State game where. You know, though, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she uh, basically (laughs) slammed Caitlin to the ground and tossed her a little bit. So so think about that. Let's just think about that. Yeah, yeah. I made the comment two days ago. Once we've hit tournament, it's been that way all all regular season, but teams end up, just think about it, teams end up playing Iowa very physically, and I think a lot of the physicality, not all of it, but some of the physicality is due to frustration. Like it's clear the way Iowa plays and and the persona that Caitlin Clark has, it gets under people's skin. Like ev- it seems like it doesn't seem like every game there are plays as Iowa fans where we're looking at this. We're like, that's a dirty play. That's a that's you know I see somebody here. Well, Joseph says it's a bunch of sore looter- losers. Mitchell says very classless. It seems like we say that every game. I don't think Iowa's doing anything unsportsmanlike per se, but I just think the persona that Caitlin Clark leads on and the way this team plays, and they're very difficult to stop, and that's frustrating. Um, Iowa does a pretty good job taking the high road, and that's going to be key because mm-hmm. teams could easily start to get under Iowa's skin. I mean, anybody from Caitlin Clark to the coaching staff's skin, and they got to take the high road because their availability is the most important thing as we move down the stretch here. Well, all Caitlin does is just, you know, kind of – caters to the crowd to get them up and loud to cheer on whenever there's a dirty play or, you know, she has to take some uh, uh, intentional free throws. Um, she, I think she's doing it the right way. I do understand your point, though, that if there is any way where the game is done, get her out of there just so somebody who know you know doesn't just take a cheap shot at her. You know, I think Gabby Marshall, quite frankly, was a little bit of a target because she hit five three-pointers. And, uh, you know, if she was, uh, you know, a role player who had a quiet day on the on the court, she probably wouldn't have gotten punched in the face. But that's essentially what it looked like to me. Um, it looked like it hurt her a little bit, too. So I really hope she's okay. Yeah, and uh, like I said, talk about availability, and, and not only Marshall. I'm sure Marshall. My guess is she'll be fine. Uh, I don't think she. It didn't look like she lost a tooth or anything. I think she just got her lip banged up. But then you have Molly Davis's situation. It looks like she's okay, although she didn't play much at all down the stretch. Um, and then you Hannah, have this, we need Hannah. Hannah. Yeah, you have the Stolke injury, so they're playing a little bit banged up today. And you hope now with at least at least four days off, right? It could be five. At least four days off, um, you're, you're going to be in a situation where you can get healthy, I hope. I hope right. Hannah's injury is – is sounds like she warmed up, went through warm-ups. They're going to need her, whether it's Duke or Colorado. I, I'll say this, and this isn't – I'm not trying to sound uh, you know, doomsday-like, but if this game was played on a neutral court, I don't know that Iowa wins. Uh, I, think that, I think that home court gives them – at least mm-hmm. the eight-point margin that they won by today. Maybe they'd beat Georgia on a neutral court, but I thought Georgia played just as well as Iowa did, with the exception being a few turnovers. But 
as I mentioned, I mean, Iowa turned the ball over. You said your your big concern was rebounding. Iowa turned the ball over 17 times. That's way and Georgia, too- Georgia 18, though. Yeah, uh, Georgia 18. Both teams played very sloppy, and right. Georgia does force the issue. They jump in passing lanes, but I thought Iowa was careless with the basketball, especially early, uh, especially in that second quarter. N- not a good second quarter. Um, Iowa jumped out to a 10-point lead. I think it was 31-21. Uh, again, careless passing. Um, they missed some bunnies. Sonano missed a couple bunnies today. But again, the one difference between the game on uh, Friday and the game today is those role players hit shots. And, and even though Iowa won by 50 against Southeastern Louisiana, they weren't hitting shots. Today, Warnock makes a couple threes. Gabby Marshall makes five. Kate Martin won a four. But if you can get, I mean, if you can get a combined. Uh, eight threes out of those three role players, you're you're going to win a lot. It's going to be tough to stop you. And again, it kind of comes also down to we just flat out hit the three pointer better than they did, um, and we have the best table setter in college basketball. Even she just happens to be one of the elite scorers in the game, but she's also the best table setter in the game. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she, she's an advantage nobody else can match. This Which game was one gives not, us a chance every day. Not only because of Georgia's mistakes, Ryan, but because of Caitlin Clark's ability to find her open teammates. I, I mean, that's as simple as I can put it. Yep. Um, Iowa moved well without the ball, and Clark did a nice job finding her teammates. Clark didn't. I mean, she, Clark was just okay. To, I mean, I had twenty-two and twelve, but but just three rebounds. I mean, she kind of had a, a lesser stat line than we're accustomed to seeing, especially in Carver. But what she did with the 12 assists, finding her open team, she was 6 of 17 from the field. She was really, really good because of her ability to see the floor. Absolutely. And she was obviously the difference. We had zero points off the bench. Um, obviously, I think Stolke is a big reason why. Hopefully, if she can come back next week, she'll help close that rebounding gap that I think we sorely missed. And, uh, hey, you know what? Duke is not a two-seed. We are. So, um, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep expecting us to go. Absolutely. Ryan. Appreciate you calling in. Thank sir. you guys. Thanks we'll Corey. Next week. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, we're plugging along here again. The, the number to call, if you want to call our phone line is 515-635-1601. You can also click the link in the description below to, to a call like Ryan did by means of StreamYard. We'll go back to our Iowa smokehouse call in line. Let's head to Tony. Tony, how you doing, sir? Good. How about you? Are you doing good? Um, I think I heard you right, and I want to make sure you you agree that the first one with the slap to the face was definitely an intentional foul, correct? I think they both were. They, they both uh, were intentional. I think the first one. I think the first one could have easily been a toss. I think that could yeah. have easily been an ejection. Just to the nature of you know you watch it, and here's the deal. It, the explanation on that is uh, if you're pro-Iowa and you're, you're rooting for an ejection there, don't use the claim of, well, she wasn't going for the ball. Of course she wasn't going for the ball. She was trying to foul, right? Nobody goes for the ball in those situations. You're trying to foul, right? You, you're trying to hack because they have to stop the clock. However, you can foul without hitting somebody in the face. And when you once you get above the, the neck, right, or above the shoulders, any contact there has got to be very – got to be very careful how you officiate those things. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they had called it an intentional on the floor. I would not have been surprised to see them go to the monitor and upgrade it 
to again whatever it's called is it called a flagrant two in the women's game i don't even know what it's I, called they didn't you know usually they go over that stuff on the t you know they'll pop up you know whenever yeah. they're doing the review like oh they're reviewing for this that and the other i think what, what i was trying to add on to and you know i've told you my uh history of being a soccer official like what we're looking for especially at this level is like the ball was down low she went high like she went to her eyes and she could have easily, you know, players of that skill level, they they can go for the ball and get a foul without missing by two feet and hitting the head as opposed to, I think the ball was down to their knees or something like that, it seemed like. You know what I mean? Like when okay, they slowed it down. I'm not, defending the, oh, I'm no, not no. defending the girl who hit her. Oh, I'm not defending her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is two things to keep in mind there. Marshall's really short. Sure. Yeah. And the gal who hit her is, is pretty tall. Yeah. Just saying, like, yep. oh no, uh, and I agree with what happened. My my take was, I think Caitlin exaggerated the second one. She, I agree. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I agree. She she exaggerates a lot, but yeah. I mean, so does you ever watch? Uh, you ever watch? Uh, I'm trying to give a I think of an example. I mean, heck, did you, did you ever watch um, uh, Craft? What's it? What's what's the oh Aaron Craft. Aaron Crafter, yeah. Ohio State. Well, like, or or uh, Davidson. Well, I don't want to yeah. his name. <laughs> I don't want to compare Caitlin Clark to Brad Davidson. Yeah, it's like I get it. But Aaron Craft, I never thought Aaron Craft was dirty. No, but a lot of people didn't like him because okay. he played with an edge. And yeah, you got to sometimes you got to sell a call. Now there is the flop rule that I hardly ever see called. I don't know how much <laughs> it's, has it been called once in any of the tournaments. Not, not uh, from most of the games that I've watched. I have not seen the flop rule enacted or enforced or however you want to say. You know, like the, the officials have not used it, it. It has not as this season has has gone on. We have not seen that officiated consistently. So, anyways, no, the Clark second. I just want to make clear the Clark. Uh, intentional foul there at the end was the right call. I'm just saying there was some exaggerating there. Yeah. The way she fell, I'm, th that's just what it is. That's just the game. <laughs> There's no reason for the girl to use both hands to push her. No, she'd already fouled her too. Yeah, it was excessive. Yeah. So it really was. It, honestly, it could have been called a foul plus a flagrant. I think it just that calling it flagrant. Like you said, I don't know. Like, and that's weird. Like the I saw the official kind of like this. Like when she did that, I was like, I'm used to it like this or, you know, like, I don't know how like they said, do the inflate. Yeah. The women's they, game is a little different, but a little bit I, different. But I, the, the thing that sucks is the women's game is more in line with every other level of basketball except men's college basketball. But, you know, the whole quarters versus half thing and being able to. Yeah, and I'm, I'm all for quarters, by, yep. by the way. I'm all for quarters. Uh, in the advance NBA, the ball, advancing the ball. In the NBA, um, they do consider they do call them flagrant fouls. Okay. So I don't. I don't um, now there there are there are quirks in the NBA as well. Now you got you know you got clear path fouls and you've got yeah. different type. You know, so there are quirks in each level of, of basketball. Yeah. So you also uh, the other thing I'll say because I I enjoyed the game. Um, the twenty fourth and the twenty sixth is what I'm seeing on the official website are the dates for when they'd play. So I believe that's Friday, Sunday. Okay. That's, so that is official. That's already been said. Well, it, it that's what they have on the website, like the NCAA website, official bracket. It just says three twenty four TBA. Like they've already assigned each region dates. Gotcha. Okay. 
because it looks like the other region, the Seattle three region, because I guess we're the Seattle four, the Seattle three plays on the 25th and 27th. So they play actually Saturday, Monday. And we play Friday, Saturday. If I have my, I mean, I should know because the 26th is my birthday. Yeah, that's sat- Sunday. Yeah. So Friday, yeah, so Sunday. Like Friday, Sunday. So you got four days off. Hopefully that's time to, to heal the uh, what sounds like be like an ankle injury for Stolke, the the whatever that was with with Molly Davis. I mean, they put her back in the game, so clearly they didn't think that was a, a serious knee injury. The way she got rolled up on, first of all, that should have been a foul. Yeah, whether it was intentional or not, that should have been a foul. But you do worry because they're not real deep. Like I know they got a lot of players on the bench, but they don't play a lot of gals, and that's to be expected this late in the season. But if you lose a couple of your rotational players, all of a sudden you're down to six gals that you put. I mean, they were down to the one bench player that they were playing was Addison O'Grady with Stolke out with Molly Davis out. Um, who am I missing there? Uh, I guess a falter was playing here and there, but uh, yeah, they they don't go real deep. So you hope that they can get completely healthy by next Friday. Cause they're going to need everybody. I'm uh hopefully going to be able to find a Hawkeye friendly bar. I'm going on vacation starting Wednesday to Monday. Uh, I think uh, we'll be able to find one down in Phoenix. I, I hope. So um, the other thing I wanted to add, so I want you to sit down before I tell you this score. I don't know if you're watching the men's. You think I'm standing right now? Well, I don't know. I just wanted you to brace yourself, but uh, okay. Michigan state is beating Marquette 18 to eight. It was 18 to five. They just took three. But Good. The Big Ten is de- Tony. The Big yeah. Ten is desperate right now. Yeah. Michigan State and Indiana, Indiana have to win. They've got to both get in the Sweet Sixteen. There's a chance they both lose. Oh, there is. Yeah, I think both of them are underdogs. If I recall, I mean, according to the betting lines, Indiana's the better seed. But there's a chance they both lose. And if the Big Ten gets zero teams in the Sweet Sixteen, we're talking about the men right now. The yeah. Big Ten gets zero teams in the Sweet Sixteen. That's a problem. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think yeah. I, I picked Michigan State and Indiana. I think both to advance. I do too, and I um, think I think this is you would think it'd be a, at least a 50-50 or maybe a pro Michigan State crowd because Columbus is a lot closer to East Lansing than Milwaukee is to yeah Columbus. I, 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 I'm not I'm not totally bought into Marquette. Uh, we'll see. No. Uh, Shaka Smart's done it before with with VCU, but uh, did you also? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, did I, just, you, I would not be shocked to see them. Did you see the uh, pregame press conference with the Georgia coach when she was describing the Iowa play? I saw something about, I something about that. I didn't have to explain that because I, she, I saw something about it. I don't think I ended up watching it. She described the one as, oh, yeah, the uh, the one with pretty eyes who hits the outside shots. Like okay. That was her little like, description I, of like each player. Oh, the big one, number, what, like she didn't know – like. You know, usually these coaches know the names you think, but you're just using descriptions. Names, names are numbers. Usually yeah. numbers at the at the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I so did that see was, weird reaction to that. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, it was. And then the other coach for the first round, you know, she had some interesting things to say about how they were going to slow Iowa down. And it seemed like that uh, motivated. Yeah, like I said, I, I, there's something about Iowa. I think they're perceived a certain way nationally because of Caitlin Clark and because of how they play. And what's what's crazy about that is I don't think you could have a nicer group of girls. Like, Iowa's not full of a bunch – I'm not saying that Georgia or southeastern Louisiana no. teams are filled with a bunch of poor sports either. But 
obviously it appears like uh, both of those teams maybe uh, did some things in these last two games that they probably regret. Iowa's got a lot of good character, high character players. I think it's a reflection of their coaching staff with Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen and company. And, uh, you know, again, Caitlin Clark, we've said this so many times, she plays with such an edge. But I do think she's a really good person. From everything I know about her, um, she's got an attitude, but a lot of people do. And especially, I mean, look at the best competitors in, in basketball all time, like Kobe Bryant. Like anybody who thinks Kobe Bryant didn't have an attitude, have an edge. But there is a there is a line that you can cross or that you should avoid crossing. And I think for the most part, she does that. I can see I've heard some people, even Iowa fans, who get a little tired of her. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I'm not going to question it. She's fantastic. They were, and if you want to, you know, use some evidence in your corner, uh, watch that uh, post-game press conference in the first round with Caitlin Clark. You could see, they could definitely have said something, but they were like, no, you could tell they had a good game plan and they were playing defense. It's just, we play, you know, like she she took the high road. That I here, guess. Here's the thing too, Tony. I, there are times when I'm watching Iowa and I'm watching this team play and it's been this way for three years now where I look at a shot that Caitlin Clark takes and I say, hmm, that's early. It's a bad shot early in the shot clock. And then I think to myself, but she makes them sometimes and she's given you, you know, 30, 10 and 10 at times. I I guess you live with it, right? I've said the same thing about Steph Curry at times. I guess you live with it. And here's the other part of it. As I mentioned earlier, 12 assists today. Yeah. She is a great passer. She's, she, as as much of a scorer as she is and shooter as she is, she's also very unselfish. And I know some people and from she, the outside world would say she is selfish because she takes shots from the logo and et cetera. But man, she late in this game, the crowd's on its feet. It's sometimes a natural time for the star of a team to take a big shot, to try to, you know, take the roof off the place. Almost every time down the stretch today, she found an open teammate. That's what you want from your leader, regardless of their ability to score. Yeah, no, I mean, she has great – there's that one where she was like, you know, right by where uh, the coach usually stands, you know, where Bluter stands and all the coaches, and she just lasered it right to the lane to – I think it was Sonano for a layup. And, you know, she – other unself, or other more selfish players or team stars may not have done what you said, you know. I mean, and, and the triple doubles are always with assists. So to get yeah. 10 assists in a game almost consistently is – Pretty impressive. It is. And, and it's, you know, she's doing that. Here's the other thing about this. As, as, as high potential this team has, and I do think this team can get to the final four. If they get the right matchups, they play their best. I think they can get to the final four. But with that being said, Tony, um, like I watched South Carolina. I watched the second half of the South Carolina game prior to this game starting. I was nowhere close. This isn't an insult to anybody, but I was nowhere close from an athleticism standpoint, nowhere close to a team like South Carolina. I mean, not even in the same stratosphere, but they make up for it with great passing, with great teamwork, with really good skill, which is what Iowa men's bat, the men's team has done for a long time. I think the women have been able to close the gap on the, the premier athletic teams more than they ever have in the past. They've done that this year as a result of experience and leadership, et cetera. Um, so I, I'm I'm really impressed with with how they play. I think that's that's how I would, I've been critical of their defense. It wasn't very good at times. That zone makes me incredibly nervous. It seems like it breaks down more often than it than it works. But 
as I've said so many times, it's not like the men's lack of defense because the men don't have the offensive firepower to overcome it. Now, sometimes they do. We've seen it at times, but more often than not, away from home, that the offense breaks down, they don't make shots, and the defense isn't good enough to save them. I wonder if the women's, if this women's team will break down enough offensively. We we know last year they did against Creighton. It broke down enough offensively that the defense wasn't able to save it. But uh, again, I don't think they played very well today. They turned the ball over 17 times. Um, You know, they, uh, they shot the three pretty well, but they, uh, you know, got out rebounded 42, 29. I mean, you know, those aren't great numbers. Those are pretty bad numbers, frankly, but they still win by eight um, because they just have skill everywhere. They have shooters everywhere and and big moments. They've got a lot of different options they can go to, and Clark is great at finding them. And just survive in advance. Doesn't matter how. Just absolutely. Get the w. Well, yep. thanks for your time, Corey. I appreciate it. I'll see you maybe on a Friday because you'll be doing another post game right after the women's. Yep. We'll be here throughout the till. Let's hope this lasts a couple more weeks, Tony. I'd like it to. I'd like it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, folks. Michael uh, in the chat. Appreciate you bringing this up, Michael. I didn't address this the other day because I I wasn't aware that it happened until I got off the air. He says, tough week with Spencer Lee losing Iowa men shooting poorly. Awesome to see the women keeping excited. Absolutely the case. And I feel bad for Spencer Lee. I'm, I'm not fooling anybody. I'm not a huge wrestling guy. I've tried to do a little bit of wrestling talk and it uh, hasn't necessarily gone my way in the past. So I, I try to stay away from um, the uh, the wrestling side of things. But uh, what Spencer Lee has done has been absolutely incredible here at Iowa. And to see him and his mother uh, in that scene the other night and, and the people who keep sharing that on social media, like the the, the video of, of his mom breaking her glasses and all that, like that's I saw Chris Hassel, I think it was, former WHO guy. I think is, is he ESPN or CBS, one of those networks now. He shared it on Twitter. I, I don't have a problem with sharing it, but it keeps getting shared over and over again. At some point, to me, I think it gets a little bit over the top. Um, it is, yes, it's it's a demonstration of passion and heartbreak, and I, I can't imagine what Spencer Lee is going through. And, yes, he'll bounce back from it because from everything I know about Spencer Lee, he's got, he's got great character. And – it's just a terrible way to end a career on the mat, but it gives him an opportunity as crazy as it sounds to encounter adversity and respond to it. And that can be very powerful in a person's life. I think that's fair to say. I'm not as old as a lot of people who are probably watching this show, but uh, if you've dealt with adversity in your life, hopefully you've used it to your advantage and you've learned from it. And Spencer Lee's got an opportunity to do that. It's good to see him. uh, uh, I think he can't, what he he, uh, supported his team the next day uh, at the arena, even though he had to medically, uh, retire basically from the NCAA tournament. So uh, congratulations to Spencer Lee on a terrific career. He's one of the best to ever do it. And uh, yeah, but you, you just hope that uh, he can use this as a motivation, a motivating factor moving forward in his life. I have no doubt he'll do that. Don says, uh, what is Corey's beef with coach K from a couple shows ago? Did I rip on coach K Don? <laughs> I don't remember doing that. Um, I, I've never been a big Coach K fan. I, I I have heard some things that make me question uh, whether he's always played by the rules. I, I think it's fair to say a lot of those big-time coaches have had times in their careers where they probably haven't played by the rules. When you know specific, when you hear of specific cases, I think it makes it a little bit easier to be uh, critical, and that would be what I'd fall back on. I've, I've just heard some sketchy things about Coach K and how he's operated, and uh, it's made me question him. 
just a little bit. But obviously, great coach, fantastic uh, record, and and fantastic uh, legacy that he left at Duke. All right, folks, our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line is open. The number, 515-635-1601, 515-635-1601. I'm also going to throw the link back up in the chat again. If you want to call in and talk Iowa women and their trip to the Sweet 16, they'll head to Seattle next Friday where they'll take on the winner of Duke and uh, Colorado. That game will take place tomorrow, so we'll get to see who Iowa plays. Uh, Duke, a team Iowa lost to on the road last year. Um, so they're gonna, there's going to be some familiarity there. Um, I don't know as much about Colorado. They're a six seed. Um, obviously, one against uh, the 10, or excuse me, one against the 11 seed in the first round. But uh, I think that game is winnable either way. Uh, certainly, Duke's got athletes. I mean, it, you know, they've got great tradition there. The women's program has great tradition um, there is, in Durham as well. But uh, I think Iowa's got an opportunity. It's not like Duke's going to have a home court advantage out in Seattle. I doubt a ton of Colorado fans head over to Seattle. Frankly, I think you're going to have a number of Iowa people who go up to Seattle. Now, I had somebody in the chat ask me if I'm going to Seattle. Uh, I would love to go to Seattle, man. I, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. Um, but, uh, boy, wouldn't that be fun to, to go out to Seattle and uh, would certainly encourage anybody who's uh, interested in uh, attending the Iowa women's basketball game and their sweet 16, maybe trip to the final four, get a couple sessions out there in Seattle in the sweet 16 and elite eight and uh, possibly uh, witness history for the Iowa women. Let's head to our Iowa smokehouse call in line. Thank you for calling Iowa post game here from the Hawkeye of the storm. Who's on the line. Lomansky on the phone, Corey Lomansky. How you doing, sir? I'm, uh, I'm having a good, good uh, day today. I tell you, uh, People mention about about staying under control. People comment on Fran McCaffrey staying under control. Connor McCaffrey has an edge to him. Uh, sports is about impacting your will on your opponent. And I remember hearing Dan Gable in person at two high school events talk to high school people. And you have to impose your will so that that basketball intelligence, whether you where you cross the line, uh, I don't have any problem with with aggressive athletes. Dirty athletes is a different thing, but uh, maybe you can talk about that. But uh, you know, well, was, you're not well, a big. Was, you've was, talked about Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, he he uh, enforces his will. On his players and others, and even that's what I admire about Tom Izzo over his length of career is how he imposes his will. I'll shut up and have you retort. Well, Lemansky, I want to ask you a question: Was Georgia were they uh, aggressive and, and hard nosed, or were they dirty? You tell me. Uh, if I if I they only lost their lost their composure because they saw the loss and they crossed the line, but up until that point where uh, Gabby got hit in the face. I have no problem with Georgia. They were they were tougher. I was more of a finesse team than Georgia and thank God we beat them. There was uh there was some smack talk uh, to say the least. I, I I noticed a couple of times and of course I watched it on TV. I wasn't there in the arena, but there was some trash talk going on between Caitlin Clark and and the uh, the woman who was defending her. Uh and 
that's okay. I don't have a problem. I'm sure Clark loves that. Like at some point that's going to fuel you a bit. I think if you're defending Caitlin Clark, I certainly don't know the first thing about defending Caitlin Clark, but if I was defending Caitlin Clark, I'd be very uh, careful. I'd be very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. I, I'd, I'd just be very selective with how much I trash talked what I said to Caitlin Clark, because I do think teams might be able to get under her skin. I think the physical play is going to continue. I think the trash talk will continue, but I do think you have the possibility of unleashing the beast. And uh, she, like I said, she, she unleashed a different beast today. Not, not that she's doesn't always find her teammates, but she took over the fourth quarter with her ability to pass. And that was great to see. Well, I'm a, I'm a big uh, lover of passing the ball because I couldn't shoot the ball. So the only way I could help my team was to pass the ball. There's one thing, though, um, I'd like to add is that she wasn't quite on their, her game today, and I don't I don't put it on her. I put it on the Georgia defense. Uh, she plays a lot of minutes. The, the greatest thing about Caitlin Clark, and she had two brothers and a big family, and, you know, she's competitive, but – in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, down the stretch with the, the, the clock the way it was with time draining and maybe having a good defensive play around her or not, they're not falling today, I think her basketball IQ to look for Siano, to look for open people, uh, was is part of her hallmark. She's so basketball intelligent. I have the lead. The clock's going down. I'm going to get an overemphasis, Georgia, on my offensive play. There's got to be people open, and that's what I'm going to focus on the last four or five minutes. I think that won the game for Iowa was her. Can you imagine, Corey, how hard, you know, I was an offensive player in high school. Can you imagine how tempting it is at home with that crowd to be, remember the three-pointer she made to beat Indiana? Yeah, She's got that in her to just, to, to what he called deep inside your gut to go with that feeling. She's so basketball intelligent, uh, showed her intelligence today that she, she can shift gears and be, have a high IQ. I think it's amazing. I agree. I agree. I think she's incredibly basketball savvy. We always talk about Connor McCaffrey's basketball smarts. And you saw Connor and Patrick were there at the game today, which is good to see, but, um, and, and don't take that away from Connor. He's a tremendous basketball mind. You understand why his dad's a head coach and Connor played here, what, five, six years. So you understand that. But Clark has the skill, the shooting prowess, the ability to pass. And Connor's a good passer, too. But you're absolutely right about her IQ, her basketball IQ. And I reflect back to the loss against Creighton a year ago. Um Caitlin's never been a selfish play. I, I don't think she's ever been selfish with how she plays. And I go back to that Creighton game. You remember who took the last shot a year ago, Lomansky, to to try to tie that game and ended up not tying it. But you remember who took that last shot last year against Creighton? Oh, I should, but I can't remember. You're younger was, than I am. It was Sonano, and I believe that's I, what I was going to say. Shoot, I would have had and it. She missed it. You feel bad for for Monica for missing it, but Clark had. I don't remember if Clark fed her the ball, but I mean, heck, Caitlin Clark's the best player in women's college basketball, maybe in college basketball in general. So for her to uh, defer, I guess, in that situation, I think says a lot about her trust in her teammates, and that's what you want. You can have great team, you can have great individuals, but if if those great individuals don't trust their teammates, they don't have supporting cast around them, and they don't work together. It seems like her, Caitlin Clark's teammates really like Caitlin Clark, 
And I would think as a coach, when you have a player that demands the ball, as much as Clark demands it, she needs the ball in her hands. Yeah, I know she passes the ball off, but she she is the point guard. She does a lot with the ball. You could be at risk for maybe some some gripe between teammates, and it doesn't seem like they've got that issue at all. Now, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but they share the basketball so well, and regardless of how Clark plays, it appears that her teammates have uh, not only a like for her, but a love for her, and that's great to see. Uh, have you heard about, to this day, the Michigan Fab Five, Jalen, and uh, and the big guy don't get along even to this day? Jalen and Juwan, or... or uh... Uh, Weber? Oh, no, the big the, Weber. I didn't. I didn't I just, realize that. Yeah, ever since their playing days, they're not real close. And and I agree with you. I think the Iowa women, and I give Bluter a lot of credit for this. Uh, I just want to end with this and get other people on your show. But it's fascinating to me. I like history. I like the Civil War. I I, I really look back to history. Iowa used to have two athletic directors back in the day they absorbed it into one athletic director i can't remember what year that was and the women's athletic director was christine grant who hired bluter and if you look at uh, bringing a c vidium stringer who has some history with the georgia head coach the history of the iowa women's program does not get you know we talk i talk a lot about lute olson and and uh in fact, they're using Lute Olson's history to uh, defend uh, the Purdue head coach based on Lute losing to like three uh, seeded teams, 13 and older. But we don't talk enough about what Christine Grant in Title IX, she, she realized Title IX was important. Bluter, Bluter coached in Davenport for under $3,000 a year, and she talks about her husband supporting her dream of being a head coach so i just a shout out to the iowa women's history and uh what they developed into it's not talked about enough absolutely and uh and 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 Corey, talk about revenue and nil carver's more well attended by the women's game than than as good percentage-wise as iowa football well yeah, I, I, percentage-wise, maybe, but obviously, uh, my the easiest correlation you can look at is is attendance at the men's games and attendance at the women's games. And now, during the regular season, I know the men would have still had an edge, but uh, it was mostly packed in there on Friday. And I get it was an NCAA tournament game, but that was also during the the middle of a work week. And Lemansky, you know, I've complained on this very show about Iowa fans not showing up for men's games on the weekend. Now, if this was an NCAA tournament team, a game at, at home for the men, I'm sure it would be packed. But you, you get what I'm saying. You're, you're absolutely right. There are passionate Iowa women's basketball fans in this fan base, and there's plenty of people that could be supporting the men. So I look at it a couple different ways. This shows the potential that the men's program has as well. But the difference is, right now, the women have figured out how to win in this tournament. Now, that can they make a deep run? We'll see. But uh, the fact that they've made a, a Sweet 16, I, I know Circle Herc was j- joking here in the chat, ho-hum, just another Sweet 16 appearance. It is so difficult to do, and Lisa Bluter deserves a ton of credit. And she is uh, – this this program has really rich history, but it's it's getting richer as Lisa Bluter's career here continues. So congratulations to her and that staff. Yeah, we're getting we're – getting, um, we're getting spoiled by – the Caitlin show and, and, and her surrounding teammates. Uh, 
what's your opinion of what's going on with Matt Painter and the noise about that he has, that he has, he, I mean, it's amazing to me how Matt Painter is taking some bullets. Well, I mean, they've won, they've lost the double digit seeds in each of their last three trips. So I, I understand it. I mean, I'm not saying that he, he obviously doesn't deserve to be fired. Um, They've won a lot in the regular season. Heck, they won a regular season Big Ten championship. They just won the Big Ten tournament championship. But it's all about standards and expectations, Lemansky. And, uh, I mean, we, we've got expectations here at Iowa, and I, I think some fans have higher expectations than others. But for the most part, it's if you make the tournament here at Iowa, you're good. Now, in 1999, that was happening, and Iowa decided to to do something, go a different direction. And I think that will always – be a regret of, of some people who were pushing for that back in the late night night or 20th century. So it's all about expectations. Matt painters are a really good coach, but I do think the big 10 as a whole, and this is a topic we can have for a different day, but the, the big 10 men's programs and the conference and the officiating all, all of that, uh, it, there needs to be a, a close look taken at how everything is done. And I, and again, I'm, I do think that officiating should be looked at. I don't know if that's the solution, but something's not right because I see them prefer like earlier in the season. I think they won. Am I correct in saying, I think they won the ACC big 10 challenge or it was really close. They won the big 10 big East challenge. This, this conference is struggling once again in this tournament. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Indiana and, uh, uh, Michigan State, but if, if they don't get anybody onto the Sweet 16, we, we got a big problem here, and it's hurting them in seeding. I think we saw that uh, with the Selection Sunday. I think you bring up a good point about the differences in conferences and what it takes to go forward. The only thing I'll say, I'm very proud of the clean programs that Iowa has run in different sports, and uh, I'm going to infuriate uh, MVP right here. But there's a lot more horror stories about uh, the SEC and whether they follow the rules. Of course, now we have the Wild Wild West. And I like the, the Pac-10 at night. And uh, one of my favorite guys, if hopefully he's not listening to me, talks about uh, USC and their history. And uh, I'm just very proud of Fran McCaffrey when he came to Iowa and said, we're going to run the program in the right way. And we're going to follow the rules and 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 grab your armchairs, folks, because we got the wild, wild west and nil and money flying all over the place. So uh, when you're upset and you and you don't want to support your team, maybe remember that. And I'll hang up and enjoy your show, Kara Corey. Thank you, Lemansky. Appreciate the call, sir. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, everybody who's called in so far has just been appreciative of this moment because you know I'm sitting there uh, as this game the the clock hit zero, thinking. This is great. This is great. But but I'm not, you know, I, I str- I'll admit, I struggle to get as excited because they've been here before. And that is the epitome of not necessarily appreciating or maybe taking for granted the moment. Uh, this is a special thing to get to this round of the tournament. Now, it'll be even more special if they can get to the Elite Eight or even to the Final Four. But it is hard. To, I said this before. I'll say it again. It's hard to get to the Sweet 16. It's hard to win in this tournament, regardless if you're playing at home or not. We saw that last year with Iowa losing to Creighton. And uh, they. this needs to be the next few days. Uh, we need to just enjoy the hype, enjoy the moment, because uh, it, it's hard. And this is a good conference. Like, Iowa did this this year in a good, good conference. They run through the Big Ten tournament. 
you know, you could argue they deserved a one seed. I'm fine with them being a two. I don't really think it makes much of a difference. I think they have a fine draw and uh, they got an opportunity to make history on Friday. So uh, exciting stuff uh, here in the state of Iowa. Aaron says no acting. Come on. Okay. Like I say, I'm not ripping Caitlin Clark's personality. I'm not ri- nothing personal against Clark. I'm just saying uh, every level of basketball, there's a little bit of acting. That's all I'm saying. That's, you know, anybody who's played basketball knows that, uh, there's acting that goes on and the, and the officials have tried to cut down on flopping, which I, I, I support that. I don't think it's necessarily been enforced, but the, the, the foul on Caitlin Clark there at the end was absolutely an intentional foul. Should have been a flagrant foul, which it was called on the floor as a flagrant, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, no, it was it was clear that was the right call. Sean says uh, Dan Gable won every match except his final one. Yeah, very. It's amazing the parallels. And I again, I'm not a huge wrestling history buff, but amazing the parallels. Some of the parallels between Dan Gable, Spencer Lee, and you know, I, I know as I as an Iowa guy, I, I don't look at Dan Gable um, any differently. Uh, I wasn't alive during uh, his. I wasn't following Iowa wrestling during his uh, heyday, but. He will still. I mean, he's got a statue outside of uh, out of uh, outside of Carver. So it's 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 going to hurt for a while, but Spencer Lee's legacy will live on despite the loss. Um, Michael says, just saw a national headline that Caitlin Clark broke the Big Ten single season assist record today. Um, Big Ten single assist. Okay, so we're not talking just Big Ten conference play, I guess. If that's the case, I, I didn't see that. Uh, I haven't gotten the official game notes yet from the university. In fact, I don't even have the official. Okay, I do have the official box score, so we'll run through that here in a second as well. Um, again, we're we're talking about Iowa's uh, Sweet 16 uh, trip and their 74-66 win over the Georgia Bulldogs in Carver-Hawkeye Arena here in the second round of the NCAA tournament on this Sunday afternoon. And uh, here are the official stats from the box score. Again, 74-66 the final. Caitlin Clark finishes the night with 22 points, 12 assists, three steals, just three turnovers. Boy, you'll take 12 to three as it relates to assist turnover ratio on any day. Monica Sonano, really good as well. Solid, slow start, but Caitlin Clark's ability to find her. And let's not forget, Monica Sonano works for position. That's what makes her so great. Uh, She's not a great shooter, obviously. She doesn't need to be because she works down low, gets great position, um, seals quickly, holds her holds her position, and uh, converts around the rim. She played 37 hard minutes. Caitlin Clark didn't leave the game today, folks. 40 minutes for Caitlin. Uh, Sonano finished with 20 points and uh, nine boards for Monica Sonano. So one rebound away from a, a double-double. And speaking of double-doubles, McKenna Warnock, just two rebounds away from a double-double herself. 14 points, eight boards, two assists. Did have five turnovers. McKenna was a little sideways, especially early. Some really confounding turnovers. And like I say, Georgia jumps in passing lanes. They're aggressive, and they make it hard. Um, But that'll be something that McKenna Warnock tries to clean up because she was good today. I I liked what I saw from McKenna because she's been up and down here of late. Uh, Kate Martin, she also had some unorthodox turnovers, finished with five, also had five assists, three points, two rebounds, hit an early three, looked really nice, really nice-looking shot from Kate Martin. She's got a great stroke. But again, kind of struggled to get going, but only took four shots for the game. And uh, I mean, there are going to be nights, I think, where she needs to make more shots. I think back to the UConn game a couple months back, there are going to be days where she needs to be called upon from behind the arc. Tonight wasn't one of those days, um, but uh, that her time could be coming uh, down the line. And she has shot well away from Carver. 
uh, the UConn game being one example. Gabby Marshall finished the night with five three-pointers, five of eight from three. Her hot streak continues, 15 points, five of nine from the field. She took a shot to the mouth there late on a flagrant foul that was called once they went to the monitors. And um, just one turnover for Gabby Marshall to go along with uh, one rebound, one assist. Sydney Falter played just uh, four and a half minutes, didn't record uh, any stats. Gaddison O'Grady did have uh, one rebound in three minutes. Molly Davis played under two minutes. So that is the extent of their depth, folks. That They went absolutely razor thin today. With Gabby Marshall, 38 minutes. Caitlin Clark with 40 minutes. Kate Martin with 38 and a half minutes. Monica Sonano with 37 minutes. McKenna Warnock with 37 minutes. They, uh, I think Lisa Bluter was saying, hey, we can get out of here with the win. We've got a few days to, to gear up for our trip to Seattle. I don't know when they actually leave for Washington, but they have a few days to get some rest, and uh, they'll be all set. So that's good news. By the way, give you an update on uh, March Madness, the men – the Michigan State men leading right now with uh, 53 seconds left in the first half. The seven-seeded Spartans leading 31-28 over the Marquette Golden Eagles, the two-seed there in the East region. So we'll see if uh, Michigan State can do the Big Ten well. Izzo, of course, uh, has helped the conference in recent uh, years. I'm trying to think their last, was it 20, 2018 they went to the Final Four? Boy, the Big Ten could use a nice showing for Michigan State. we only got two teams left in this field. Amazing, uh, despite the eight teams that they got in. Uh, by the way, a couple other notes. Rutgers is now out of the NIT. Michigan lost to Vanderbilt yesterday in the NIT. So uh, it's just been a rough postseason. The, the Big Ten, uh, I think, needs to take a, a good hard look. They haven't won a national championship since 2000, since the turn of the century. So anyways, I digress. We can get back to the women. But uh, again, 31-28, the Michigan State men leading the two-seed Marquette. Rick says that the Bulldogs gave the Hawks the game they needed today. Good defensive team that challenge you, challenges you to play the entire game. And it will serve them well. Again, assuming they can get healthy, um, they're, they're going to continue to – once you get to teams like Duke and potentially South Carolina down the line or Stanford, uh, those teams play physical. And I think it will help them, the fact that they've played two physical teams to start out things. Seat law is not very good. Uh, they did win their conference tournament, so they were playing hot. Georgia's tough. I don't think Georgia's great. Diamond, uh, what was her last name? Uh, Diamond, whatever her last name is. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Georgia's star player. She's good, and, and she can score. We talked about her yesterday. Uh, she's a good shooter. She's quick. Um, Diamond Battles, 21 points for Diamond Battles on 7 of 15 from the field. And... Uh, uh, I guess I can run through some of the stats for Georgia. But again, 21 from Battles, um, 12 from Javen Nicholson, and then 12 from Brittany Smith, the only three players in double figures for the Bulldogs. Got six points from Jordan Isaacs uh, to go along with three from Audrey Warren, eight from Alicia Lewis, and Zoisha Smith with four points as well. Again, turnovers were a bugaboo, huge bugaboo for Georgia. They turned the ball over three times there late. And they had a chance. I think it was a four-point game. They had three straight turnovers. You just can't afford to be so loose with the ball in those big moments, especially on the road. And I give the Iowa crowd credit because they really showed up in droves today. Uh, and that's the great thing about the women's game, having these first two games being played at a home site. Heck, you're, you're, you're getting a lot of uh, fans in that arena uh, that wouldn't normally be able to attend an Iowa basketball game this late in the uh the March calendar year, uh, calendar month. Uh, Lemansky, say hello to Corey and hit your thumbs up. Thank you, Lemansky. Appreciate the super chat. It's great to be a Hawk. I imagine the young girls in the backyard pretending to be 
Caitlin Clark. I'm sure there's plenty of them today. Lemansky as the weather starts to get a little bit better out sunny today. And uh, at least here in central Iowa, it's supposed to get up into the uh, 50s. I think even close to 60 here in the coming days. Our uh, Iowa Smokehouse call-in line is open. I'll throw the uh, the link or the uh, number up on the bottom line if you want to call and chat about uh, the win today or possibly uh, the win or uh, the game coming up on Friday against either Duke or North Carolina. Where is my number here? All right, there it is. Bottom line, 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601 as we continue to talk about Iowa 74-66 over the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, Kelly brings out in the chat, yes, it was extremely loud there. I'm assuming you were there, Kelly. And I would love to hear from you if you were. If you were at the game, would love to hear what the environment was like. It was loud on TV. I know the officials or the commentators were talking about the decibel level. Would they say like 119? I don't know. I'm not a decibel guy, but uh, that sounds loud to me. And it certainly sounded loud on on, uh, ABC as well. Uh, Dennis brings up Warnock's fight down low. She, uh, again, uh, hit a couple of uh, big shots today, turned the ball over a few more times than you want from from your vet, but uh, she is uh, she's a gritty player. they got a lot of gritty players, and I give Iowa credit because I've questioned their toughness in the past. I, I don't really question it anymore. I, I, they don't have the best athletes. We know that. They don't need to have the best athletes. Uh, they're never going to be able to match up to the athleticism of a South Carolina, a UConn, or probably even a, a Stanford, but... They've got a lot of gritty players. They've got a lot of skilled players, and they play together, and that's what you want out of an Iowa Hawkeye team. Lisa Bluter is basically giving you what you want. I mean, this is this is the method of victory, the path to victory in March for an Iowa Hawkeye women's basketball program, and really for the men as well, right? I don't know that I, the Iowa men are ever going to get the best athletes in the country. I think NIL will help because I think the, the uh, Swarm Collective is more established than has ever been, but both of these programs – you got to survive off skill. Both these coaches have done a nice job of recruiting guys that can be developed, a la Luca Garza, Keegan Murray, Chris Murray. Um, I mean, go down the list for the for the Iowa women. Megan Gustafson, Caitlin Clark basically came in ready to be the best player in the Big Ten, best player in the conference. But you develop players, and you're good enough defensively. The men have not proven to be good enough defensively yet, but I think the Iowa women are close. There were times today, as I said earlier, they were not very good. The zone broke down. When you allow so many easy passes to the high post, you're, you're going to get in trouble. A few too many layups for Georgia. Um, but Georgia's a good defensive team, and you know score 74 on that team is, is impressive. Remember, Georgia held Colorado to uh, – or excuse me, not Colorado, Florida State to 54 in their opening round game on Friday. Excuse me. Um, Michael brings up Molly Davis's injury, and I, I don't know what the injury is. I haven't been able to listen to Lisa Bluter in her post-game press conference. But um, when you see a knee, when you see a leg rolled up on like that, you worry about a knee injury. Although it tends, we tend to see ACL injuries on non-contact plays. I wouldn't be surprised if if it's a strained something. The fact that she was right back out there on the bench and she did check into the game briefly surprised me a little bit. Um, I think it, my guess is if Lisa Bluter needed to turn to her, she would have. Um, but it was nice to see her back with her teammates. That would indicate that they don't think it's terribly serious. But again, I have not listened to Lisa Bluter's press conference. That's a bad back to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. Who's on the line? Hey, this is Brittany. Um, hey, Brittany. I've, hey, I just wanted to give a couple thoughts on um, the game tonight and just the season in general. Sure. Um, been a women's basketball fan since I was 10 years old. Um, That's how the SEC plays every night, in and out. Um, 
And traditionally, the only teams that can match the physicality is the ACC. Um, and they don't match it well, <laughs> but they do enough. Um, the Big Ten, Pac-12 are a lot more finesse. Um, and I think Duke has Carol Loss in there, um, former Naismith Player of the Year, all sorts of things, who is very much a defensive-minded team. So if Duke can get past Colorado, I think we'll see a similar defense, you know, a similar defensive yeah. hustle like we did uh, against Georgia today. And I think that we will um, really need to clean up our passes. Um, I also think, you know, with Molly and Hannah both out, um, I think we lost six to 10 points there, whether it's getting an offensive, you know, getting a defensive rebound um, taken away from Georgia's offensively. And then Molly Davis just does a lot of stuff underneath the radar, um, which I think Lisa talked about last week. But just wanted to get your thoughts on those couple things and just kind of let Hawk fans know what they're we're looking at for Duke um, well, next week. Well, first of all, Brittany, it sounds like you know as much, if not more, about <laughs> the structure of uh, the, the league and the conference as much as uh, I do. But I, I agree with you about Molly Davis. I think Hannah Stolke's injury, uh, maybe we're not talking about that enough because – you talk about this Georgia team. You talk about their physicality. You talked about Duke, how they play. And again, the Iowa women played them last year. Um, but as you get deeper into this tournament, whether it's Duke or Stanford or South Carolina, potentially in the final four, you are going to get better and better athletes. And they need Hannah Stolke back. Um, I said earlier, I don't think if this game was played on a neutral court, I don't know if Iowa wins. I think the crowd, the Carver crowd gives you that much of a boost. So I don't blame uh, I don't blame Lisa Bluter for for staying somewhat thin with her with her depth with her rotation today um i don't know who they turn to if absolutely needed like if they get in foul trouble today i don't know who they turn to they just give more minutes to o'grady you get someone like mccabe in the game um but they're going to yeah. need stokey because of her 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 grittiness her physicality her athleticism she's going to be more and more important heading down the stretch absolutely and i think um you know it's just one of those things where we have to I, I've watched this the whole season and I've seen Megan struggle in games where the posts are more physical. So I worry about Megan, sorry, not Megan, Monica, um, you know, down the stretch when we're, we're potentially facing some of those matchups where there are bigger, more physical right. or just as physical players as she is. Yeah. We, we did not see anybody that could match her today. Although Georgia schematically they they do a nice job i thought early they made things really difficult on iowa everywhere and caitlin was a little bit quiet early and i think as the game went on she found a way to i mean she's so good in every aspect of the game that she finds a way to have a positive impact again with those 12 assists today but georgia just i, I think they're well coached on that end i know that some people are upset about the physicality and the the antics there at the end but i thought georgia did a pretty good job limiting sonano but once she got going uh, you're right, though. You get a bigger post. You get a physical big that makes things difficult on her. She sometimes has problems securing position. And if, and let's be honest. I mean, Monica Sonano is terrific. But if she can't establish position before getting the basketball, it, it's hard for her to score. So, uh, you know, that she moves. She's she's best when she can uh, work without the ball and and obviously work in tandem with Caitlin Clark. But you're right. I mean, somebody like Aaliyah Boston, I know that she's an outlier because she's just a freak athlete and, so and just incredibly yeah. big and, and just tough. 
But uh, you're right. That that will be an interesting quirk if Iowa goes up against a big. I don't know if Duke has a big that can match Sonano or Colorado has a big that can match her, but that will cause issues because then you lose your outside, your inside-outside effect as well. Um, it's harder yep. for your your three-point shooters to get open and get space if Sonano's uh, having problems getting position. Absolutely. All right, well, I'll let you get to another caller, but I just wanted to give you a call and kind of give my two cents. Absolutely. Appreciate you calling, Brittany. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, great, great stuff. And I think Brittany makes a great point. And I don't know as much about Duke as it sounds like Brittany does, but uh, that that's a good point about uh, physical bigs. And I'm trying to think of a specific example, maybe the North Carolina State game. I'm trying to think of the best big that Sinano has gone up against. Uh, you know, she has no problem dominating undersized fives. And, you know, she's pretty good. I, th- I feel like when teams have tried to double her, which has come uh, here and there, I mean, she has been one of the more dominant post players in the country. And when teams have tried to double her, for the most part, she's really good at passing out of the double team, making good decisions with the ball. She's not a high turnover uh, uh, player. And so uh, you, you do wonder, though, when she gets up against a physical big that she can't exert her will on and she can't secure post position on, how does that change how Iowa approaches the game? And that's why I think that's another reason why I think Hannah Stolke is so important. Get her back because she's a different – if she's a five, she's a totally different type of five. And um, she's going to be really important down the stretch. If Iowa's going to go from the Sweet 16 to potentially the late eight or the Final Four, I think it's going to have to be – I think Stolke's going to have to be a part of the game plan, so you hope she can get healthy by Friday. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call-in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, this is Kelly Emerson. How are you? Kelly, how you doing? Hey, just got back into Bettendorf from being at the game. So tell, tell, us, tell us about the environment, Kelly. Wow. I tell you what, um, I was at the two NCAA games last year, and, uh, you know, in the Creighton game there towards the end when we were trying to make a comeback and it was so loud, it was way louder than there today, I thought. Um, I, it it just, felt, just felt like that on television. I, I don't, I'd have to go back and listen to the game a year ago, but it felt like it was as loud as that arena has been, regardless of team. I mean, regardless of the men or the women, it's, it's, it sounded as loud as it's ever been this season. Oh, yeah. And, and throughout the game, too, it wasn't just – you know, towards the end when we started pulling away. I mean, it was all throughout the game. It was just amazingly loud. It was it was crazy. It, was, it did get, you know, it was a little tense because, you know, the game was probably a little closer than everybody would have liked. Um, I thought Georgia had a really good game plan. I thought they were very aggressive in their defense. Um, yep. Especially, like, just waving their hands in our, in our faces. Um, I think it was uh, I think it was a good, a, a good, a good game plan. Um, and like you said, Kayla may not have, um, you know, gotten a lot of shots in today, but she sure did find a way to distribute the ball and, and you know, really be in control there. And hats off to her for not losing her cool there towards the end because, you know, we've seen her get frustrated in games and and kind of kind of lose it a little bit. Um, so I think that's really shown where a lot of her growth has come this year in, you know, keeping her cool and staying focused. Yeah, so I, I, I that agree. Was pretty huge. I, I agree. Uh, she, one, one of the bigger keys heading down the stretch, I mentioned Hannah Stolke and Iowa's ability to uh, 
try to match uh, the physicality in the post when when you, you've got bigs that can, can battle Sonano down low. But I do think Caitlin's ability to rein it in at times. Uh, I, we haven't really seen her cost her team, and, and certainly she, she doesn't want to ever do that. But I'm just saying at times when you al- allow your emotions to get away from you, it, you, you run the risk of potentially costing your team. We see that from Fran McCaffrey at times. And we haven't really seen Clark do that. And Clark is, I mean, she's constantly playing with an edge, and that's great. But she could have easily been, um, she could have easily been uh, tempted into making a, a bad decision today, late with what three seconds to go. I give her credit for uh, allowing cooler heads to prevail. You were watching that. I was watching the handshake line closely because we've seen some fireworks in the men's game. Looked like everybody uh, took the high road there, so that that was good to see. But her ability to to keep herself in check while still playing with the edge that makes her so great will be crucial. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then talking about uh, Hannah Selke, you, you had mentioned that she participated in warm-ups. She wasn't out there right away because uh, I, I happened to notice that. I was looking for her and didn't see her. I saw her walk out there late. So I kind of knew, kind of had an idea something was something was going on. And then to see, you know, Addie O'Grady go in there first, you knew something was going I had to jump on Twitter to see what was happening, why she wasn't playing. So very disappointing for her that she didn't get but to again, play in, you know, the yeah. last game in Carver for the year. But but again, hopefully uh, she'll, get, she'll get healed up. Yeah, in the long run, that that's uh, it's one of those things. I know Houston, the men, played without uh, Marcus Sasser, and they even, I think their head coach admitted the next day that, hey, he probably could have, gone but we wanted to hold them out and they were able to manage to escape northern kentucky i think if you're lisa bluter you're probably thinking boy i'm glad we didn't play hannah sulky today because just just get out of there with the win and i know that's tough to do in tournament play when it's when it's win or go home uh even though they were already home uh but uh the, the fact that they were able to hold her out and still win kelly obviously is huge and now you allow her you you don't risk further injury because if she gets set back like I said, I think down the stretch, she's going to be more and more important. Right. Yeah. And, 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 what, and on the gla- great point by Jordan here, Kelly. Down. I was going to say, great point by Jordan here, Kelly, in the chat. Uh, he says, uh, talks about Stolke's rebounding. The edge today on the glass was substantial, and it's part, partly because of how Georgia plays. But 42 to 29 on the glass, uh, Hannah will help that once she returns. Absolutely. So appreciate, that's all I had. Yeah, appreciate you calling in, Kelly, as always. You bet. Take care. Thank, thank you, man. All right. A lot of great calls today. Appreciate everybody being a part of it. And the caller who just hung up, I, we had him on hold. Uh, feel free to call back. Uh, we'll we'll leave the phone line open for you uh, just another minute here as we uh, continue down the stretch uh, talking about Iowa's uh, win and, and entry into the Sweet 16. Congratulations to the best or to the uh, – to the Iowa women. Pat says, uh, Hannah is our best rebounder. Her loss today was costly. She will definitely be needed going forward. Randy, the announcer said something today, but everyone needs to recognize we have the best assistant coach in the nation in Jan Jensen. And absolutely, I mean, staff retainment is huge in college basketball. And that's another thing you got to give Lisa Bluter credit for. She's managed to retain Jan Jensen, um, who has, I'm sure, has had opportunities to coach other places. Um, so, uh, congratulations to, uh, this whole staff because they've obviously worked really hard. I do wonder what, what this team is going to look like after Monica Sonano moves on because Hannah Stolke is not your typical five, but let's just enjoy the moment now. And 
you know, like I said, if you can get Stolke back healthy, if if Molly Davis, I think Molly Davis is important, and and Brittany earlier brought her up. Um, if you can get healthy by Friday, and I think you're going to get a contingency of Hawkeye fans that travel to Seattle. I don't know how many, but if you can get that to happen, uh, they got a chance to advance, uh, regardless if they play Duke or Colorado. Let's go back to our Iowa Smokehouse call in line. Who's on the line? Hello. Yes. Yes, you're on the air, sir. Um, I'd like to. Uh, I, I'd like to see this. This game. Say that again. I'd like to look at this game. I don't know what's going on. You'd like to look at the game. Yeah. Uh, well, we're on the. Th- th- this is our post-game show. Did you mean to call us? No, I don't know what I was doing. Okay. Oh, that's okay. I'd like to. I'd like to see the uh, St. Mary's game. That's all. Oh, the St. Mary's uh, the the men's game. Yes. Uh, well, they're on TNT. They're playing UConn over on TNT. 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 Okay. So, thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, that was a first. I don't think I've had that before. Um, all right, uh, let's go back to uh, let's go back to our call-in line. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? It's Roger. Hey, Roger. Hey, I just called in. I thought the difference in the game was Hannah Stalky. That would have changed things dramatically. Uh, I agree. That that switches the total rebounding totals around. I think she goes up and gets five to seven rebounds. You take those five to seven off, you got a pretty even rebounding game. She gets a couple of putbacks, and that totally changes the the tempo of the game and how it's played. Yeah, I agree. And and, and let's not forget, let's not forget too. Uh, Georgia had. <clears throat> I, I mean, Georgia had too many offensive. I'm, I'm trying to find the uh, official stats here. Offensive rebounds for the game, Georgia ended up with uh, 13 offensive boards. That's too many. Um, I think it's fair to say that if uh, Hannah Stolke's in there, not only on the glass but defending, uh, that cuts down on uh, some second-chance opportunities for Georgia. So I agree with that. I think she makes a big difference, and uh, that's why I keep saying I hope she gets back by Friday. The other thing I think she would have brought to the game, <clears throat> we started getting the ball in at the free throw line, and McKenna and Kate kind of the turning and fa- they wouldn't turn and face the basket. And I think Hannah Stolke would have got the ball at the free throw line, and that would have gave us a lot more options to attack the basket. I mean, she drives the ball. She also can kick down to Monica really well. So that's another aspect I think we lost when we lost her. Yeah, and and, and that's uh, – I, I do wonder down the stretch here, I would not be shocked, especially as Iowa – We'll see who they play in Seattle on Friday, but uh, I'd love to see Lisa Bluter run. Uh, I know that they're not real deep, but I'd love to see her run Stolke and Sonano together at times. Um, I, I think you have the ability to really dominate in the glass, and if I was dominating the glass, they're almost impossible to beat. Uh, Georgia dominated on the glass today, partly because of Stolke, I think, being out, partly because of how they play, but they dominated on the glass today and still lost. So, if I was winning on the glass, I think they can. If, if O'Grady's giving you enough minutes where you feel okay with you know, her spotting Sonano five to six minutes, I think playing Stolke with Sonano can provide 
that advantage on the glass that maybe helps Iowa to, to beat a team that, that maybe has a little bit more athleticism than a typical Iowa team. Yeah, thing I was just pointed in. I listened to the head coach of Georgia's uh, post game conference, and she basically so many words said, you know, we were the better team today. If it wasn't for all those free throws at the end, we would have won. Well, we had all those free throws at the end because of the cheap shots, and they were behind. Yeah, I, saw and I thought that was kind of second class. Yeah, I saw the comment here from Dan in the chat. He says, in Georgia's postgame remarks, their coach refused to acknowledge Clark scored at the end. She kept saying they held her to 16, only mentioned her points, not her assists in passing. I, all I will say is uh, I don't have anything against Georgia. I know nothing about their head coach. But sometimes when you see some shots at the end that appear to be cheap shots, that's oftentimes a reflection of the staff. Not always, but that's oftentimes a reflection of your coaching staff. So perhaps that explains some things. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't heard the post game remarks, but uh, whatever. Like I said, uh, m- move on, and and you can be you can be sour and and complain about the loss all you want, but you're going home, and I was heading to Seattle. Yeah, and the other thing, I, <clears throat> the TV announcers I thought did a great job. The number of points that Caitlin Clark was connected to in the second half was like all but two or four points through her play. Yeah. Whether it be scoring or, I mean, and the Georgia coach like contended that she wasn't the best player on the team on the floor. It's like, what game are you watching? Yeah. Well, who does that? Who who controls the entire scoring of an entire team? Well, like I said, 74 66. Yeah, I got it. But I mean, it's kind of, I mean, the passes that she was making from the distance she was making them was just unbelievable. And she yeah. knew right when Monica and these people were coming open and yeah. going in to get that basket off the, off the dribble into the lane. She went when she needed to go. And I don't know what she averages as far as shot attempts on the season. My guess is she typically averages more than I would guess is she averages more than 17 shot attempts. I could be wrong on that. But she, you know, she kind of struggled from the field today. More four of ten from three. It's not terrible. Six to seventeen from the field overall. But I do feel like she just, as the game went on, she just adjusted her game and said, "Hey, I'm going to be a facilitator." And like I said, I think she'll be as great as she is. I think when she, her career ends, and I know it's nowhere close to being done, but when Caitlin Clark moves on, she will always be underappreciated for her ability to pass. I don't know where she's going to rank all time in assists. Maybe first. Uh, but she's going to be – she's sure to be underappreciated with her ability to, to pass. And that's that's a great, great aspect of, of her game, and it's going to be part of her legacy, and, and rightfully so. And I think, too, she recognized the fact that she wasn't having her best shooting. I mean, she was yeah. a little short on some easy two-point shots, and, and she just adjusted, and, and she pulled Iowa through with them, and she did what she needed to do to win the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you want from your best players. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, we're going to Seattle, so, you know, Absolutely. that's the great thing. So, uh, thanks for your time. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate the call, sir. Yeah, good stuff. I, I, I have not, I'll have to look up the uh, Georgia Post Conference because I have not been able to do that. But, uh, look, I mean, you can be salty. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. I know there was some tension there at the end. You expect the adults to be adults, but that's not always the case. Um. Okay, a couple co- comments in the chat I didn't want to uh, miss. Ramsey said, how come Iowa never takes the open 12-to-15-footer in the paint? Several players got to that spot, looked confused, and then turned it over or passed to a low-percentage shot. Uh, I did see that happen, I think, with, uh, let's see, Martin, I think, once. Um, 
I guess I don't have an answer for you. Uh, Iowa does tend to, I mean, this is a uh, somewhat reliant, this team is somewhat reliant on the three, and that's typical in college basketball, whether you're talking about the men or the women's game nowadays. Um, but uh, they uh, great teams score at the rim and score from behind the arc. And so the mid-range is kind of a forgotten art, Ramsey, as much as I love going back and watching classic NBA games where the mid-range was everything. It just, you don't see as much at any level anymore. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see the mid-range be more of a, a an aspect of, of college basketball, but it seems like players either shoot layups or threes, and that's just how it is. Uh, Joseph brings out, how about uh, Jack Nungy and uh, Xavier today? Congratulations to Jack Nungy. I posted a photo of him smiling on my Twitter account. I'm just proud of that young man. And I was thinking to myself, would I rather Iowa... The, the men make a sweet 16 or would I rather Jack Nungy make a sweet 16? I don't, I don't know that I have the answer to that question. Uh, I, I'm an Iowa guy. Uh, you know, I want to see Iowa win. They haven't been sweet 16 since 1999, but what better thing moment can you imagine than watching Jack Nungy get to a sweet 16 his last year in college? I, I think it's fantastic. After all that kid's been through, I was just thrilled to death for, for Jack Nungy. Tim says uh, off topic here in the men's tourney, the more, Physical teams are being rewarded with a lack of fouls being called, lack of off the ball fouls, and allowing to hand check, uh, allowing two handed hand, two handed hand checks. Okay. Um, men's team, more physical teams are being rewarded with a lack of fouls being called. Um, I, I, maybe that's the case, Tim. I, I guess I haven't noticed that. Um, you know, I've watched Purdue really struggle to score. Um, Farley Dickinson, I thought really defended well in that game. Uh, I watched Iowa really struggle to score. I didn't think Auburn's defense was that great. I just didn't think Iowa could shoot kind of the same with Illinois. Arkansas goes back and they beat Kansas. So that's obviously not a terrible loss for the Illini, but I don't have the answer. If it's, if it's physicality and it's officiating, then it needs to be addressed, but I just don't know what the, the reasoning on why Iowa, why the big 10 is struggling so much in this tournament. It's not like they're getting blown out. But they're losing close games, and Penn State Northwestern were underseeded yet, or they were the lower seed yesterday. They both lost. And to give you an update on the men's tournament at this hour, folks, Marquette leads Michigan State in a low-scoring affair, 39-36 over on CBS. So we'll we'll stay up to date on that game. Uh, the Big Ten needs it. The Big Ten needs a Michigan State win. Uh, Ryan says, "Is there any chance Ava Jones will play for Iowa?" Down the road, I sure hope so. I, I don't know. I know that that uh, the comment's been made by Lisa Bluter that it's it's unlikely she'll ever play, but I think Ava Jones is going to use that as motivation. Everything I know about her, um, she'll uh, she'll give it her all and and she'll be here. She's going to be a part of the team. She's going to help this team regardless if she plays or plays heavy minutes. But uh, never count a young lady like that out who's fought for her life already and uh, is playing for more than just herself. I'll say that. I would not be shocked to see her do great things once she gets to Iowa. Eric says, go Iowa, was nervous about the game. Absolutely. Brian says, uh, heat of the moment comments from a competitive coach that despite losing, wouldn't hold it against her. She will, uh, that despises losing, wouldn't hold it against her. She will mature with age. Have no problem with that. Um, Okay, let's go to Pat. Yes, I I didn't realize this. Georgia coaches from Cedar Rapids was a star at Georgia her first two years, transferred to Iowa and was a star for Vivian Stringer. I did not realize that until the broadcast brought it up the espn broadcast brought it up today pat so appreciate you reminding me of that so maybe some uh i'm sure this game meant a little bit more to her i would not be surprised at all and she doesn't have lisa bluter connections i don't think but she uh does have the iowa connections um 
Kelly says, I think they were expecting the defense to collapse, so they look for the open person. Again, Iowa sometimes maybe gets into the habit of overpassing at times. They move the ball so well, though, it's hard to complain about them passing up on shots because they just tend to get great shots by by, by sharing the ball evenly. Uh, Mark Rogers here, the voice of college football. Appreciate that, Mark. Please uh, go over and support Mark's show as well. If you love college football content, who doesn't? Get over to the Voice of College Football on YouTube. And, of course, we have a show with Mark Rogers every Tuesday over at his Iowa channel. So check out the Voice of College Football on YouTube. Last call on the phone lines. Don't see anybody having called in, I don't think. I'll give it a couple more seconds. I want to remind everybody that uh, uh, hitting the like button does help. Please hit that little thumbs up button uh, towards the bottom of this video, towards the bottom of the feed. Also, subscribe if you've not done so. You can donate to the channel. Please don't assume others will donate, folks, because it just doesn't always happen. So, uh, especially if you go into the offseason, just realize that uh, I want to continue to provide coverage, but uh, we need your support. So, please donate to the channel if you're so willing. Use the links in the description below. PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. You can also donate by credit card, one-time payment, whatever through PayPal, click the link in the description below to do that. You can also donate by Super Chat if you so choose. Also, follow me on social media, at From the Hawkeye on Twitter, at From the Hawkeye on Instagram. You can look up the Facebook page. It's From the Hawkeye of the Storm on Instagram. Please share the video out on social media. If you enjoyed postgame coverage, it's likely other will, others will as well. So please tell others about the show and maybe even word of mouth. That always is powerful as well. Also, Become a premium subscriber. I'll throw that up in the bottom ticker as well. Click the join button next to the channel name here on YouTube to become a premium monthly subscriber. You can also shop Amazon with us. Use our link to shop and make your daily Amazon purchases or your monthly Amazon purchases, whatever the case may be. Use our link and you're supporting our show by doing so. And of course, we also have merchandise. Check out our merch, men's and women's merch in the description below. Again, final score here today, folks, the Iowa women with a uh, 74 to 66 victory in the second round of the NCAA tournament down in Iowa City the Hawkeyes will move on to take on either Duke or Colorado who will play tomorrow on ESPNU we'll see who they play and of course uh, it'll be a fun week just to be able to to talk about it and and uh, the hype going up leading up to the Sweet 16 is a great thing Hawkeyes made the Sweet 16 just a few years ago with Megan Gustafson and company now they're trying to break down that barrier to the Elite 8 in the final four think they have a chance of doing that. Got to get Hannah Stulke back healthy. You hope Molly Davis is healthy as well. Clean up the turnovers. They struggled on the glass. I think Stulke coming back will help. They'll be okay. It was nice to see uh, their role players shoot the ball today better than they shot the ball on Friday. So I have no doubt they'll make the corrections. They got several days to get healthy, make some corrections, and uh, we'll see them play next Friday. Appreciate you all tuning in, folks. One more reminder, please check out Iowa Smokehouse. Again, supporting our sponsors is so important. If you enjoy this content and want to see it back next season, support Iowa Smokehouse. Use that code Hawkeye for 15% off your order. Visit iowasmokehouse.com. Tasting is believing with their flavorful meat sticks, their beef jerky, their ketchups, their barbecue sauces. You'll never need to look anywhere else for great snacks, especially game day snacks. Visit iowasmokehouse.com. Use that code Hawkeye for 15% off your order. And order $50 or more in your order, you'll get free shipping from our guys down in Albia, iowasmokehouse.com. And, of course, you can find them in your local grocery grocery stores as well. So appreciate Iowa Smokehouse sponsoring and supporting our Iowa women's basketball postgame coverage. Thank you, folks, for tuning in uh, this afternoon. Uh, again, I uh, appreciate everybody calling. Kelly, one more super chat of the day. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate that. And uh, I'll do my best to continue providing 
uh, Iowa women's basketball postgame coverage. And uh, as long as as uh, you're calling in and and, and uh, being a part of the show, the show goes on. Of course, uh, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you all for being here. We'll talk to you sometime soon. I will be back for postgame coverage after the Iowa women's Friday game, the Sweet 16 game. I'll be here live taking your calls, taking your chats. Of course, stay right here for Hawkeye coverage. Uh, Iowa Hawkeye men, the basketball team, the women, of course, and, of course, Iowa football as well. Right here, subscribe and like the video. We will talk to you soon. Have a great night.